This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, guys. Guess what's happening at Right From The Deep? Well, first, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, we appreciate you. You make the show possible. We're so excited. And if you want to add your support, you can visit Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Right From The Deep. Thanks so much to our July sponsor of the month, Tammy Partlow. She's a speaker at Women's Retreats and her debut novel, I love this title, Blood Beneath the Pines, is a suspense set in the Deep South. It's now available. She's hard at work on the next book at the series. Indeed. Thank you, Tammy. And it's my turn for a wonder. And, you know, we had a little bit of fun uh, last week. My husband's sisters had come to visit. And, you know, as family does, they were reminiscing about some of the old days. It turns out that when my husband was, oh, 16 or so, he was in a terrible car accident. Um, a car accident that was just his car alone. Um, it had gone off the road um, due to another car coming over. I think it was a truck coming over a blind hill. Anyway, slid into the gravel and just lost it. It, it just flipped and turned. And well, this was the days before seatbelts. And um, somehow, Alan had gotten stuck between the bucket seats, and it was like God's hand was keeping him in this car safe. He didn't bash against anything. He didn't get flung from the car. It was a bad wreck, and he was ended up just crawling out of the car and sitting on it. And, you know, the first thing that the policeman said when he showed up was, oh, my goodness, who died? And oh. Alan was like, uh, nobody, I guess me, but not. <laughs> And so, of course, the car was totaled, but he was okay, other than having these little flecks of glass from the windshield, I think, that had cut his face. And that was it. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm thinking about how God protected him. I, there's just no way. Okay. There's no way that he could walk away from this without God literally putting his hand around him and protecting him. And I was just so amazed and so thankful. But then, interestingly enough, I was reading in a novel, it was by Susan May Warren, and I think it was called Sunrise. And one of the characters had said something to another character because something bad had happened in that book that she felt God didn't protect from. And the character said, well, what has God protected you from that you didn't know about? And that struck me because I know about this situation with Alan and his car accident, but how many things do we not know about? Maybe they're not so spectacular, you know, because we don't see them happen. But man, God is still there every day doing things that we don't see and we don't know. I, I, I just keep wanting to say, thank you, God. <laughs> you guys think about that too in your own lives. How many things do you think God has protected you from that you didn't know about? It's something that we can be thankful for and, and showing our gratitude for every single day. And now 
Here's the show. Hello, listeners. We are glad you're here with us. We are continuing our interview with guest Lynn Austin. We're going to jump right in. I'm very surprised by the success that he did grant once it all took off. Very surprised by the movie. That was amazing. <laughs> and me and Shirley Jones. Yeah, yeah. How did that come about, the movie? Uh, I was with Bethany House, and Hallmark had done another book, one of Bethany House's books. Mm. And so they went to Bethany House and said, do you have any other books that you think might work for a Hallmark movie? And I guess they gave them several. And they chose my book, Hidden Places. And then my company offered to fly me out there. That was when um, the Johnsons were, Gary and and, uh, And Carol Carol Johnson. And we flew out for a day to watch the filming. And it was just surreal. Absolutely surreal. This book that's only in your head, right? And here's your characters. I mean, you see (laughs) your characters running around talking. It was just unbelievable. Wow. So that that was a very pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you just could never have imagined any of this. When you got that garbage bag, you know, this was the payoff. You know, all of those, <laughs> all of that yeah. hard work, all of that sewing and sewing and sewing you did. And you mm-hmm. didn't reap for years. And then, yeah. you know, just... <laughs> amazing and abundant yeah. harvest, so to speak, which for sure I love how God does that. <laughs> yeah. Even after that, God wasn't really done right. because people thought that if you write a book, you should be able to be a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so in my little hometown, different churches started asking me to come and speak at Coffee Break Bible Study. Mm. And I very humbly said, no, mm. I'm, I'm <laughs> I am not a speaker. And my friend came to me and she says, Lynn, you're a writer. You can write a speech. And I said, I could probably write a speech, but why don't you give the speech? <laughs> That's right. I'm, you know, I'm very much an introvert. I'm very happy to be in my little office with my characters. I don't need to get up in front of people. I hated speech class, every class I ever had. But this friend of mine just kept poking me. She said, how do you know you're not saying no to God? Mm. Good question. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Put your face in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she, she promised to pray for me. She had a real pray, prayer ministry. And so I started doing all these little coffee break Bible studies all around. And of course, they talk to each other. And so you go right. to one and then the next one wants you. Pretty soon, the International Coffee Break Organization asked me to come and speak at their convention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and again, my friend said, you you better pray about this because this might be something God wants you to do. And she promised to come with me to this convention. And uh, I said, you better. And so the day of the speech in the afternoon, they called me to do a sound check. And I went in this auditorium and there's like a thousand chairs out there and they were empty. But I'm up on the platform and I'm looking out at this empty thousand seat I could not get a word out of my mouth (laughs) wow I'm like nothing came out just this fear took over and just swallowed me up 
And I hear this voice booming, Lynn. And I thought, oh, God, take me to heaven. <laughs> but it was the sound guy. He says, you have to say something. <laughs> For a sound check, you must make sound. <laughs> That's right. So my dear sweet friend comes running out with her Bible that she carries in her purse. And she opens it up to Psalms. And she says, just read. So I'm reading in this shaky voice, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> so we finish the sound check and she sweeps me off back to our room and down on our knees and you've got to pray and you've got to pray. And um, nothing happened. And finally it, it got to the point and I'm just a wreck. You know, I don't know how this is ever going to happen. And we're backstage when the event is starting and they wanted to pray with me, the organizers. And, the only thing I could pray was help. God, mm. you have to help me. This I cannot do this by myself. Mm. And all of a sudden, the shofar started sounding. Mm. Now, my husband's a trumpet player, so I know the symbolism of the shofar. But it was so commanding and it was so beautiful that they stopped praying midstream. Wow. And I know the symbolism of the shofar, it, it comes from when Abraham's about to sacrifice Isaac and this ram is caught by its horns that they make the shofars out of. Right. And for the Jewish people, it's a symbol of God will provide mm. salvation. And I needed salvation <laughs> at that point. But as this just went on and on and on, it was like the voice of God. And mm. he couldn't have picked anything that was more perfect to speak to my heart that he would provide, that if he called me to this to speak, he was going to do it. And so all of a sudden, this calm went over me, mm. and I, I walked out on that stage, and I gave the speech that I had written, and it was like walking on water, wow. truly. And it was like, I knew I could never do this myself. Mm. And then, But you say yes to God, and then you just keep saying yes. And I was so glad that I said yes to that, and it's still I still can't say I love speaking, and I'm looking for opportunities. But whenever one comes along, I say yes to it. Mm. And um, he has taken me to so many places and so many things. And every time holds me up on the waves. And every time I can walk out and, and speak and not be afraid and not have that terrible fear, he always holds me up. The, one of the most recent ones, I went on a book tour to Germany. Mm. And they took me to the part of Germany that had been behind the Iron Curtain. And I was talking at a church and they were sharing with me how before the Iron Curtain fell, how persecuted they were. Their children were persecuted mm. just because the parents were Christian. They weren't allowed to go to the good schools. They weren't allowed a higher education. And here's this church filled with vibrant, happy people. So, I mean, it was packed. And I, again, I'm the speaker, right? And I'm, I get up and I think, what a privilege. Mm. What, that God would allow me to do this, mm. right? And, you know, so I always say, keep saying yes, even when everything in you, you know, says this isn't going to happen. <laughs> but he, you know, he can use you when you yield yourself to him and when you, you know, follow what he has for you. And when, when you stop focusing on your weaknesses, when you mm. stop focusing on what you can't do and start focusing instead on what God can do. Mm -hmm. When I first started speaking, my very first writers conference that I spoke to when I worked at Tyndale was the Florida Christian Writers Conference when it was in Titusville. Mm -hmm. And I had been up in front of people since I was uh, 
in my young teens singing with my dad. And I always threw up before I sang <laughs> because I was so scared. And so sure enough, before I spoke at this conference, I had to make a mad dash for the bathroom and throw up. And then I could come out and do what I needed to do. But just like you, knees shaking, trembling, and when you want to be published. <laughs> um, but each time when I said yes, and the more that I did it, just like you, it's like it became mm -hmm. it became a part of who I am. God takes those things that we think we can't do, and he supplies to the point where it becomes a part of the fabric of who we are. Exactly. And you may not love speaking, but God has made that one thread in the tapestry of mm -hmm. who you are so that he can mm -hmm. utilize you to speak to others. I remember I talked to my dad once and I said, you know, what if I forget the words? I'm so scared when I sing with you. What if I forget the words? Or what if I get choked up and cry? And that was my greatest fear because the hymns and the songs that we used to sing strike to the core of me. What if I forget the words and I start to cry? He said, Karen, if that happens, then God decided they didn't need to hear you sing. They needed to see your tears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was beautiful. just like, it's <laughs> beautiful. You're so yeah. smart. You, go <laughs> you know what I love about this, though, Lynn, is that you said yes to something that was just terrifying to you and, and that you did not feel realistically that you could do. But saying yes was the only way to see the miracle. You know? Right. It's the only <laughs> sure. way to, right. to see that miracle happen. And when we don't say yes to that opportunity because we're afraid, mm. oh my gosh, we miss seeing God do something amazing. And right. I just, I love That's that true. your friend made you too, you know? <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. we, we have such a struggle doing that on our own, and yet someone comes alongside us and and intercedes for us and helps us and mm -hmm. prays. And and even the way he supplied the shofar, you know, that's just, right. that's just yeah. God up and down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was so perfect. You know? Wow. Yeah. I attended a silent retreat one year, if you can imagine that, me at a silent <laughs> retreat. It was led by Robert Benson, um, who is just a terrific man. And the, he had us make these life maps where we mapped out the uh, crucial times in our lives and things that happened. And it was fascinating to me because as I did that, and then as I went back and looked at it, I saw even more with, with hindsight than I did when it happened, God's presence, God's provision, mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. saying yes, God saying no. I think we forget those things. That's I think it's great that you have such good memories about what God has done for you. Because that testimony and that history for you helps you each time you're afraid to say yes, to step out and say yes, because he's proven himself over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So we're coming here to the end of our time. Do you have maybe any final words of wisdom you want to leave or anything we haven't covered yet that you want to leave for our listeners? I would say if you're a writer, dare to ask God for a sign that you're called because mm. that changes everything. If you know you're called, like God gave me this miracle with, with my mentor, right? Then, then you can't squander it. You can't dilly dally around. You know, there's days you don't feel like writing, but how can you say no to God's calling? Mm -hmm. You know, and unless that you, you're sure of that in your heart, 
you, you know, you could find a lot of better other things to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe you're just called to write one book. Maybe you're just called to write one article or just to tell your story in some way. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's not like a whole career in writing. But uh, we have to learn to trust God, you know, ask him, is right. this something you really want me to do? Or is this just like, hey, I think I'll write a book. How many people do you know that, you know, hey, I think I'll want to write a book. But every yeah. single person I've sat next to on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I have a book inside me. Yeah, but, everybody you know, does. Right. But if if it's God's and I, I meet people at the at writers conferences and they're there year after year after year and they never actually get around to finishing it or submitting it for publication, they're they're just playing at it. And I think if you ask, God'll tell you, yes, you're called a writer, no. But I think it's very important to mm-hmm. um to know that because then when those hard times come, the garbage bags and all that stuff. You could go back to that calling. You could say, you've called me to write and I'm going to trust, trust you in this calling Mm. because there's going to be challenges. There's going to be, you know, doubts that we have and everything else. And that's what really keeps you on track. But if God does Mm. confirm the calling, then that's the discipline to stay in the chair and to keep working and to not give up, you know. Print out another copy of that manuscript and send it in a stronger (laughs) box this time. And, you know... (laughs) I'm glad we don't Thank have to do I, that anymore. Yeah, I love what you're saying because it's it's important, especially when you have to keep pursue, mm-hmm. pursue, pursue. And I don't think you're saying that, hey, we can't write just because we're creative. I mean, we can. Sure. We can write just because we're creative and we can write journals and we can write whether God has told us right. to or not. We're creative sure. people. But there's a difference between pursuing pursuing, pursuing, because he's called mm-hmm. us to. And I think that's an important, an important distinction. And I, I love that you've brought that mm-hmm. up, that we know, you right. know, if we have that call, that's something that you keep walking through the fire right. for. And it, it works at the end, too. Like, I've, you know, been writing like 40 years or something like that now, and a lot of books. And um, there were, when all these changes were taking place in in the publishing industry, and there were changes within my publishing house, and I got very discouraged. And I thought, um, you know, Hmm. all right, maybe it's time. Maybe God's asking me to retire. And, uh, you know, I can thought of good Ah. things I can do. And so again, (laughs) I, I asked God to show me. And, you know, don't you wish when you would ask God for an answer, he'd send you an email or a letter or something, you know? Well, you don't exactly. have to get that. But in this case, I really did. I got a letter in the mail and the return address was prison. And when I opened wow. it up and read this letter, it was a young woman in prison. And at the top of the page, she had a quote from one of my books. And in the, in this book, wow. somebody was, was going to commit suicide. And she went on in this letter and, and saying what a dark place she was in in prison and that somehow or other at the prison, she had read my book and, and God wow. changed her life. And she realized, um, she, he wasn't going to commit suicide after all because of my book. And she said, wow. thank you so much for changing my life. And she said, I hope I can influence someone else someday. I cry every time I read that letter, <laughs> but you know, I thought if wow. I wrote that book, if I had my whole career for that one person, is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I think wow. it, 
He, he will answer your prayers. And obviously I did not retire. <laughs> I figured I'm going to keep writing <laughs> he sent me this letter, you know, that this book has this influence in, in a reader's life. And uh, you can't ever, you can, it, God was very gracious to show me that, to show me the result, you know, of all the hard, hard work just in one life. Wow. Well, Lynn, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the My time pleasure. to come and talk with us and I got chills when you're talking about the shofar blowing and how God used that for you. So I encourage all of you who are listening, keep your eyes open to God's confirmation. Keep your heart open to God's confirmation. And whatever it is that you feel he's wanting you to do, say yes. Mm. It's it's just that yeah. simple and just that difficult. Absolutely. Say yes. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.